Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. Seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. So the WWE right now is totally biting. They're putting together a documentary series about The Undertaker and Kane calling it The Brothers of Destruction. They can't leave well enough alone. They can't just let me do my thing and not impinge upon any of my creative ideas. But anywho, whatever, the era of The Brothers of O begins right now, our first non-live episode. We're about to rock your socks off, folks. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is your boy, your main man, your Josh's old mother from another. This is your host. You know what? I just realized right now as I was doing that, I am your host, AJ Orsini of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I gotta change that shit. I just realized I've been doing that intro for literally three years, and now I gotta change it. I got a co-host no. now. <laughs> and it's still the truth. It is still the truth. No, it's still the fans. truth, but we need to incorporate more into the truth. It needs to be a full, well-rounded truth. It didn't It didn't dawn on me till just now when I was doing that. I didn't come up with a new intro. That's going to be special for next week. A new intro for CD's Uncensored Mind. But I am here, your host, AJ CD, with another episode that I am bequeathing upon all of you, episode 161, and I am not alone. I'm here with the new full-time co-host here of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I'm here with my brother Dave. Dave, uh, you got a big weekend ahead of you, brother. Mm, yes, we do. Big, 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 big weekend. We're, we are recording right now Thursday evening, a little earlier than usual, so we're not yes. going to be able to catch SmackDown for you guys. So if, you nope. guys, if anything happens on SmackDown, we will respond to it in Next week, we will, in, recap ASAP. we will recap it and probably uh, shit all over it when it happens. But mm-hmm. you got a big weekend. Mm. Starting off the back here, your debut with Orsini's Uncensored Mind just last week. And now you got a big mm. celebration ahead of you. What's going on this week? Already fucking shit up. Changing stuff, moving already. Next thing you know, we're going to be recording all different kinds of dates, releasing. It's all getting changed, getting flipped on its head. <laughs> it's all part of the game, baby. What, what are you doing, though? Why, why, did yeah. we, why did we move it so far up? What, what are you doing? Uh, so I got a little, got a little date planned, a little Ooh. date, a little something, something. You know, uh, last year we were in the middle of some pretty big changes, me and the, uh, me and the missus. So, uh, mm. you know, we That's didn't right. really have a chance to celebrate her birthday. And like a trooper... You know, she just dealt with it, and I told her I promised we'd have a great time this year, so I planned months, months and ahead, well before we even had a discussion about doing this, that, uh, you know, I had some stuff planned for her, and uh, I had a surprise for her for this weekend. So we're going on a little trip. Uh, we're going to have some fun, go eat at an expensive restaurant. That's mm. kind of her thing is food. So we don't do it very often, so we're going to splurge a little bit on some food and just have a good time this weekend. Uh 
to make up for last year. So that's that's what we're doing this weekend. We're gonna have a little fun. We're gonna have a little fun. It's per- birthday fun. weekend with the fiance. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. It's, good. it's gonna be a good time, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Happy for you guys. I hope you guys enjoy. You're not gonna be around these neck of the woods, right? Uh, we were going to there for a minute. I actually sent you a message about it. Trying to, we were trying to come up with a um, with an idea of what to do, where to go, and everything being closed and everything like that. You know, it's a little tougher. So we were considering New York there I wouldn't for a little bit. <laughs> that's <laughs> why, I didn't, that really, that's why I didn't really help you with it because I was like, nah, stay away. <laughs> so we uh, we we decided to go. I, I, I'm, I'm like trying not to say it because I, I keep mixing it up to her. Like okay. he, she keeps telling me she's excited to go and I keep saying it wrong. I want to say Rhode Island. We're going to Rhode Island. Oh, Lord. But for whatever reason, my brain keeps wanting to say Staten Island. <laughs> Don't ever go there. Oh, I feel I, that's bad like, you cross through with the like say, like, yeah, we're going to Staten Island. We're have a great week. Oh. And you're listening to me like, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> you're because not nothing is more romantic, folks. For those of you listening at home, I want you to listen to me real quick, guys. Listen to me. Nothing is more romantic than Staten fucking Island, guys. <laughs> the place that was destroyed. By every hurricane that's ever come through New York, it's sure to get her aroused. Went in all the right places, folks. You want to get your gal to where she wants to be, you take her ass to Staten fucking Island. Man. Staten Island. That's it. That's all you got to do. I've been saying that all week, man. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've been playing with her fucking emotions, what you've been doing. What the fuck you mean, Staten Island? What the fuck is this shit? I said New York. That's not New York. <laughs> It is. Yeah, New Yorkers don't consider that New York. It's a, it's it's a, it's a cesspool, and I don't care who downloads my shit over there. Fuck you. It's a horrible <laughs> fucking place. I'm surprised the hurricane didn't swallow it up. That's how uh, shitty it is. It damaged you, but it wouldn't take you. It picked it up and it was like, "Now nah, I want this." So right nah, there. put that back. <laughs> like, Oops, I didn't mean to pick this one up. Oh my god, it, they picked it up and probably it looked it probably looked to them like something a child already put in its mouth. It was like, I don't want this. And then threw it right the fuck back down. It's horrible. Ugh, Staten Island. So now that we've got cheating on Staten Island out of the goddamn way. (laughs) All right, uh, we can mark the first thing off our list. (laughs) Yeah, checklist that one. Uh, I I have a a, a war cry I'd like to put out to the masses here. Uh, Uh You've heard of the phrase SJW, is that correct? You're familiar with this internet term, SJW, social justice warrior? You familiar with this? Yes, I am. Okay, so every time I uh, fire up the old laptop here, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm always bombarded by notifications from said SJWs, always Mm. telling me what they're offended by, what I should be offended by. And, uh, Off of what you've said, or just in no, general? No, just in life. I mean, I've gotten oh. a few of them for things that I've said, but I mean, just in general in life. Just well, if there's one thing things. an SJW was good for is like volunteering information you have no interest in at all. That of being positive COVID test uh, subjects. That's also a good reason for some of them to exist. Uh, but we, so I, I, which brings me, to, this is the segue here, if you can follow me on this, because I'm fucking up all over the place here, but right I, I just sat down yesterday and watched South Park's pandemic episode. Mm. Now, I asked you before we went on air that you did not see it. I, I asked I you if you saw it. You said you had not. Do you intend to see it? 
I've heard, see, I'm not huge on South Park. I, I I've only myself, watched it but, with yeah. you. I've only ever watched it back in the day when you watched it. Um, however, the Mrs. really does like that show, and she hasn't gotten around. So long-winded, yes. I think at some point I'm going to watch it, but you feel free to spoil it. It's fine. Okay, I was going to say, do you mind if I mention at least a few things from this fucking episode? No, go, this episode go absolutely was released... ham. Yeah, That's this fine. episode, probably by the way. probably one of those things that she watches, and I just kind of like sit to the side and listen. Cool. There you so, go. That's relationship shit right there. It's like, I'm here. I'm, I proved my point. I'm here, okay? I'm in front of the TV. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I just wanted to bring up a few things. First of all, I don't understand how I didn't hear more about this. I said it for my DVR, and I actually kind of forgot about it. That's why I'm saying I sat down yesterday and watched it. Mm. And I'm surprised that I didn't hear anything about it, because this is the most fucked up episode I think I've seen in a long fucking time. That's and, what I've heard. Yes, it's a, it's ridiculous how fucked up this episode is. Uh, they give us a, an explanation as to how the virus started, which is hilarious, but also extremely graphic. Uh, they touched on the school situation, which you know I'm very familiar with in real time. So to see their version of the Zoom meetings and the mute button and the, I just muted you. You're all muted now. You like that? Hmm? Can we try again? <laughs> so it's hilarious. And he's and then the, 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 the unspoken joke of the whole deal is he kept muting all and then unmuting all and they kept taking advantage. So it came to a point where whenever he wanted someone to speak, he would just unmute that person. So every time somebody would speak, he'd click the fucking left. It was hilarious, the whole fucking thing. And I don't want to give too much away for people who still haven't seen it. I'm still trying to be nice about the whole thing. But there is one thing I absolutely have to give away. I so was the, mad. The show's been out. The episode's like been out 20 for like something three years, 30. Yeah, it's been out for about two weeks now. Easily two yeah, weeks. Two, three weeks. Yeah, I think it came out the th- September 30th. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I, But I wanted to bring up one very specific point because it's hilarious uh it's really not hilarious in a parental sense so some of you may judge me on this but hear me out so this is what happened it was hilarious i laughed about it i thought i had to share this on the show there's the only reason why i'm bringing up the south park episode so i'm watching it i'm in my living room watching it my wife and my son are in a different room doing something else okay so i'm thinking i'm free to watch this episode completely unbothered right so i'm watching this fucking thing out of nowhere uh, on the episode, the teachers are refusing to go back to school because they don't want to get sick and they don't want to catch it, so they go on strike, which is what we should have did, but that's another fucking conversation for another day. Mm. And they were replaced by police because the police got defunded. You see how they're moving the two subjects together there. They, and they needed a job? Yeah, they needed a job. It was like, they'll damn near do anything, and then here come the police, and they're pretending to be teachers. Well, in the course of teaching a class, there were uh, Cartman and Kyle got into a scuffle. They were arguing with each other, and the cops got so panicked they shot the black kid. <laughs> this happened on the episode. So that alone is hilarious on a comedic level. Obviously, this is ripping onto actual times. I get it, but just take it for what it is. It's an animated thing. It was funny. Here's where the whole thing snowballed for me. In the course of watching this, I hadn't really realized that at some point, my wife and son had made their way into the room. So my son was playing on his iPad, and then the scuffle scene happened, and the cop shot the black kid, and my son immediately screamed out loud, Oh my God, he's just a kid, and he starts crying. Oh my God. <laughs> so here's, the, here's where I may be judged as a parent. 
I did not laugh out loud, but you can hear a stifled laugh coming from me. Not because of what can clearly be considered a traumatizing situation, but it was the way he said, oh my God, they're just kids. And then he buried his head into my wife's chest and just started bawling. And then the whole scenario just seemed so ABC family that I just started fucking, I was cracking up, but like stifled. And my wife is looking at me also stifled, but a little bit more subdued because here he is. He was legitimately crying. Wow. Yeah. That poor kid is scarred. Yeah, well, it was a very traumatizing situation. Holy Absolutely. Crap. I was like, oh boy. He got over it. You know, he 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 rallied, but I definitely had to turn it off. I had lost track of what was actually happening here. Luckily, he missed the part about the uh, pandemic beginning because Randy Marsh fucked a bat. And and and, and that's how the virus spread from bat to human. Uh, mm. A lot of moving parts here. He had to jizz on a jar of weed. There's so many moving parts wow. to the episode that I hope, uh, now that you've heard all this, I hope you enjoy this upcoming <laughs> form of entertainment coming your way. You know what? <clears throat> Me and the missus will watch it on our little vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt your fucking uh, romance situation there. Uh, I don't think it'll affect that, and she's got a sick sense of humor so i don't think it'll work out just fine those are the best ones because when you're on a trip listen folks listen to me again if you're on a trip and you want to take your lady to heights sexually that she's never been you take her ass to fucking staten island my friend the pizzerias the the other pizza there's a lot of things to see in staten island and you can get your girl there. Staten fucking Island. That's the place to be, guys. All right. I just wanted to bring that back up. I, I'm... It's funny that you say that because I think when we went the first time, me and her actually like went out outside of work. I think we went to Staten Island. There you go. See? <laughs> I was calling you that day. Yes. You were trying to figure out the uh, Staten Island ferry situation. I was trying to get out of there. I was yeah. wondering how to get back. <laughs> It's like, this is wonderful and all, but how do I leave? That's how everyone feels in Staten Island until they eventually give up and they fall into the lava and they give us the big thumbs up like Terminator. And they have some good-ass food over there, though. Give them that. The pizzerias. We actually had Spanish. We didn't even eat pizza. Oh, Spanish. You found a Spanish spot? Yeah. You want to know the name of it? What was the name of it? Spanish food. Yes. That's how you know it's good. It's like when you get a bag of chips that's just black and white with the word chips on the front. That's when you know it's dope. I've seen a few of those in old 80s films where it's like soda. I'm like, oh, you know that shit quenches the fuck out of your thirst. You know, it has all the wrong sugars in it. All that just the wrong. So good. Is it, how is it high in sugar and sodium? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's the most fucked up thing ever. Okay, we actually do have some wrestling entertainment that we need to get to at some point here, and we're going to end our show today. For those of you uh, who want to decide whether or not you want to keep along here, we're ending with some Marvel talk. I got to get into this a little bit because I need to update. A few, epi- few episodes ago, I dropped some dates on you guys, but now I got to go a little bit more in depth because I'm seeing some shit that's pissing me off. So we're going to talk about that a little later on. But last week at the uh, on the live show... I was asked by Saul, I believe, if we were going to talk about the draft. And I told him I didn't want to talk about the draft until the draft was completed. 
and we knew what we were talking about here. Well, draft is all done. It's in the books, and we have got the results for you. As a matter of fact, uh, Brother Dave, I think you are the one with the list in front of you. If you would be so honor, uh, so uh, honorable here in giving us the privilege of hearing your mm. smooth mahogany voice go Ooh. over uh, the draft results for the WWE 2020. Mm, for the WWE, or you want them in drafting order? Well, I got them both ways. Whatever way you want to go with the list, you can start with night one Raw, the way that it's listed out for you. you just, we're just going through the nights and who got picked uh, for which show. You could do Raw. All right, we're going to go through the list that I got here. And okay, we'll go, let's do we'll this. All right, hold on. We gotta go. oh. Yes, it's draft. It's talk draft. Oh, my God. So can we, can we start out with... For someone like me who doesn't really, who's just now getting on the train here, because when I was watching wrestling, I gave this you this music for fit. reading and you're still describing. Okay, go ahead, go. <laughs> so you want to just start reading the list? No, no, no. Get, go ahead, answer, ask the question you were going to. What no, what, what's the purpose of this draft? Okay, all right. So that's actually a very good question. Let's because clarify I'm this. I'm so thrown by this. Like, I'm watching it and it looks great. There's lights. There's... Well, not only was the draft Ooh, a little. It's, but like, what's yeah. the point of this? What's the point? Okay. I, I There's a much larger problem that this was trying to solve that I will fully explain once you're done with the list. But gotcha. to explain why, how we got to this draft, very good point. This is why you're on the show. Uh, <laughs> the whole point of the draft is, is that we have t- all of WWE's programming essentially on the USA Network, right? With the Uh exception of one program, SmackDown, which is on Fox, which is why I hope they're not uh, upset with me that I'm playing their Fox Sports theme. Yeah, it goes with the whole thing. But anywho, uh, we have had uh, a mix mosh of just injuries and COVID. We've had stars uh, leave the company. Uh, Since March, we've lost... Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Brian, da- uh, Daniel Bryan. The list goes on and on. We've lost yeah. people periodically because of illness. AJ Styles got sick. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. So right. we haven't had any consistency at all whatsoever for the last seven months. Okay? So with all of the restrictions now basically being removed in Florida and they're able to record and they're able to stream and do everything they normally do, as normal, the precautions are in place. All their stars have pretty much returned. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, Daniel Bryan returns on the episode of SmackDown. We'll be missing tomorrow. Roman is obviously back. He's the champ. Sami Zayn's the champ. I mean, we're, the, the pool is starting to fill up again. So right, they right. figured we'll jumpstart some of this interest again because a lot of people have fallen the fuck off because we there's only but so much Andrade Angel Garza versus the Street Profits we can get in a seven month right. period before people right. want to blow their fucking brains out. So the draft was a hail mary to try to gain some more interest from the audience, try to win them back a little. Here's some new ma- uh, matchups that we can do. And the USA Fox thing, Fox has a heavy hand as to what is happening on this show. And right. by heavy hand, I don't mean they're actually physically changing anything but when they like something or dislike something they're very vocal about it so this is an opportunity to get some stars that fox either doesn't like off the show and stars that they see on raw that they would kind of like to have on their show on smackdown 
So essentially, if you think wrestling itself is censored, SmackDown is even more censored. Not so much censored. They just, they're not censoring what they're doing, but they are playing favorites and non-favorites. You know, like if there's a guy or a girl on SmackDown, like they they just fucking, I don't like anything about this idiot. Can you move him to Raw and bring over this guy? So they're so, like fans with control. Fans with control, <laughs> essentially. I mean, that's of you. We shake it down to its, you know, its core, its common denominator. That's where you wind yeah. up. So that's pretty much where we're at for the draft. So, are you prepared to now read the draft and how we came out, and then I'll destroy the draft as soon as you're done. All right. So you want it one by one, or do you just read the, just go the down, night one? Just night one. Mm-hmm. Go down the list. Night two. Go down the list. Yada yada. All right, cool, cool. Okay, so put the, the number one up. overall draft pick. Yes, number one. Number one, number one, Drew McIntyre. There you go. And there you go. These picks were going to Raw. Yeah, yes. He's, uh, well, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm going to read them out. Right. On Raw, and he was already on Raw, so there's no changes. Next, number two was Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this is the point I was trying to bring out earlier with all you guys talking about how the new Roman is really good. You all failed to mention that Mr. Paul Heyman was behind him. Oh, we didn't want to give you all, though. Oh, all, see, if you would have told me that, we were talking a, a whole different ball game here. But that would have been a stronger sell. Roman Reigns, so nothing changes there. That right. means the championships stay where they are, yep. which makes sense. So, number three pick was Asuka, staying on Raw. First female overall pick, which is uh, pretty interesting. Hi, uh, then you got uh, Seth Rollins going to Raw from SmackDown. Uh, they gave Opposite. him a little promo during Seth it. Seth Rollins is moving from Raw to SmackDown. Yeah, yep. He's going from he's going from SmackDown from to Raw. From Raw to SmackDown. Pre-draft. Okay, I got you. I'm reading this backwards then. My apologies. <laughs> My apologies, my apologies. So, the Hurt Business, which yes. is a group that I the just learned. The whole group, yes. <laughs> the whole group. They got which the is, whole group. Which made the whole um, the draft later on a little bit more interesting for me, too. Anyway, so the Hurt Business is uh, staying on Raw. AJ Styles is going to Raw. Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks is staying on SmackDown. Naomi is going to Raw. Uh, Bianca Baylor, am I saying that correctly? Bianca uh, Belair. Blair, Belair. Belair, yes. like like French Belair. Prince of Belair. Like, gotcha. Just <laughs> <laughs> going to SmackDown. Uh, Nia Jax and uh, Shauna, I don't know how to say that person's name. How do you say her name? <laughs> Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, there you go. Ricochet is uh, staying on Raw. Uh, Jay Uso. Is uh, staying on SmackDown. Uh, Mandy Rose is staying on Raw. Uh, this was interesting when I saw it, but uh, I'll ask about it later. We got Rey Mysterio and apparently his son. Yes. Dominic Mysterio. Hey, the Raw superstar now heading to SmackDown. Going to SmackDown. I'll have to explain uh, that one. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, the Miz and John Morrison is going to Raw. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are going to Raw, while Big E remains on SmackDown. Yes. That was interesting. That's so, the end uh, of the new day. Donald Brooke is staying on Raw. Dana Brooke, yeah. Mm-hmm, Dana Brooke, sorry. I always say that name that way. I don't know why. Um, Otis, am I saying that correctly? Otis? <laughs> that was the one you clarify? <laughs> not, <laughs> not the one you always yeah. say wrong, but the one you... Oh, no, I swing and a miss. Stop. 
Every, all your fans are probably like, ugh. They don't even know the fucking name. Otis. Staying on SmackDown and uh, Angel Garza is staying mm -hmm. on Raw. And that, that was night one. So you want to keep one. running through light two as well? Let's go. Let's run them all out. All right. Cool. cool. Faster if possible. Number one pick for night two is uh, going to Raw with The Fiend. Bray Wyatt. The Fiend. And then Bailey is staying on SmackDown. Randy Orton is staying on Raw. Uh, the Street Profits, which is a new group that I'm seeing, and they're the champs, so they must be good. It's going to SmackDown. Go. Uh, Charlotte Flair remains on Raw. Uh, Braun Strowman is going to Raw. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan is staying on SmackDown. Matt Riddle is going to Raw. Kevin Owens to SmackDown. Jeff Hardy, which was interesting. You didn't, I don't think you mentioned that he was... Anyway. That he still uh, existed? <laughs> yeah, I, I swear to God, I saw his pick and I was like, he's still alive? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't killed himself yet from jumping mm. off and stuff. Very anyway, close on a few occasions. Don't, don't get any of my ideas, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Retribution is uh, staying on Raw. Yes. Uh, Lars Sullivan is staying on SmackDown. Keith Lee's on Raw. King Corbin. Oh, my. How many? Okay. Anyway, we'll say that for later. He's staying on SmackDown. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, I apologize. Alexa Bliss is going to Raw, which makes sense. Um, uh, how do you say that person's name? El Elias? Elias, yes. Elias. So Elias. Donna's the only one you fuck up. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Elias going to Raw. Sami Zayn is staying on SmackDown. Thank God. Lacey Evans is going to Raw. Cesaro and Shinsu Shinsuke oh Nakamura. How am I fucking that name up? It's staying on SmackDown. Sheamus is going to Raw. Nikki Cross Sheamus. is going to Raw. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Ro Rude or Road? Rude. Rude. Okay, going to SmackDown. R Truth probably. He's got my respect, just just like Kane does for almost. So the same you're not reason. surprised he's still alive. No, dude, he's gonna live. He's gonna, he's like the new, like, uh, Ric Flair, dude. He's gonna be alive forever. <laughs> the and new gonna... Ric Flair. First time ever, folks, that you will ever <laughs> hear Hard Truth and Ric Flair's name set together. I don't mean skill. I just mean his longevity, <laughs> man. This guy's gonna be around forever. Man, they've been with him uh, since K Quick. Get rowdy, y'all. Apollo Crews is going to SmackDown. Uh, uh Daba Kato. Who was yeah. a free agent is going to Raw. Who was a fucking... I have to explain him to regular people who watch the TV show, so go ahead. Okay. Uh, Titus O'Neil is staying on Raw. <laughs> Titus Titus. Titus Titus, whatever, dude. <laughs> staying on Raw. Carmella's on SmackDown. Uh, Pete and Royce staying on Raw. Aleister Black is going to SmackDown. And Akira Tozawa. Akira Tozawa. <laughs> Don't worry, those Japanese names fuck me too. This is why I, I limit myself. Yeah, these a lot of names. these names are like this is the first time I've heard them. Like yeah. almost this entire roster is like so. That's why amazing. you're on the show, man. I want to see your growth. You're back oh, in the game. Oh, you're back in the and game. There you go. That's the picks. Thus far, we do have some free agents. I don't know if you want to go over yeah, there. Yeah, yes, it's very important. Please, go ahead. Oh, my God. Okay. I see a name on here that I'm about to rage. <clears throat> uh, 
see. Free agents. Okay. Uh, got retaliation. I thought is this right? Retaliation. Is that right? I no, think they... your list has. It's supposed to be retribution, but retribution was already picked. Correct. Some of the picks happen later on, but yeah, all right. All right, forget this then. All right, forget the free agents. <laughs> I have a no few matter. of them. I'm going to make a point about that in a second. I have a, a full list in front of me as well. So let's turn off the background music for a second, and let's get into this situation. Okay, so let me explain to everyone out there, because first of all, Dave is an experienced wrestling fan. However, he hasn't seen any of the new product. Okay, so for those of you who are listening, like Dave said, this guy doesn't even know the fucking names. Listen, he knows the business. Once he once he knows the names, he'll be able to figure the fucking rest of this shit out. No problem, because it's all the same malarkey that we've been dealing with for fucking forever. Okay, so I'm not even worried about that. Don't even concern yourself with the fucking names at this point. I have to explain the fucking draft for even the people who watch this shit regularly. All right, this is the part of the show where I educate. Okay, Mm -hmm. these picks are garbage. Basuda. It means nothing because the pandemic changed a lot of things and unfortunately not for the better. So what happens is the reason the reason for split brands was to give talent an opportunity in situations they wouldn't normally get it. If you put all the talent, look at all the names you just read off. If you put all of them on one fucking program for three hours or two hours, some of these motherfuckers are on the bench, uh, whether they like it or not. All right, there's just not enough TV time for fucking everybody. So that was the point. You put them on one, you put half on one brand, half on the other. The point of the brands also became competition. That's why we had different writers for each brand, different head creatives on different brands. We get two different shows. It's supposed to give the WWE some sort of variety. That's the way. That, that's the premise to. Split brands. That's what it's always been. This particular split brand is doing something completely different. And it's doing something completely horrible. Because both shows are being ran by the same fucking people. There's no variety in any of this. The people who are booking on SmackDown are booking on Raw and vice versa. So, for instance, you read off AJ Styles, we'll give an example, is moving from SmackDown to Raw. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is his. I don't know. He's been with the company five years, four years. This is his 16th time moving brands. Every time they do a draft, AJ changes fucking brands. Now, AJ Styles just recently moved to SmackDown. Why is that? Well, he had an issue with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman was the head of creative for Raw at the time. Paul fucked over his boys, told AJ to his face. I didn't fuck him over, but let's be honest. He fucked them over. AJ didn't like it. AJ was upset. Went to the boss, said, I got to get the fuck away from this guy or I will literally fucking kill him. Can I move to SmackDown? They said yes. They moved him to SmackDown. Two months later, they moved Paul to fucking SmackDown. So, here comes the draft and now Styles is on Raw. It all means nothing, folks. It doesn't mean anything. The women's tag team champions got drafted to Raw. Guess what? They're allowed to go to any brand they want. They're the women's tag team champions. Yeah, I heard that. Right. They can defend it on any They anyone. can defend it, it on matter. any brand. It doesn't matter. They have access to any brand they want. The SmackDown so tag team storyline that then. Oh, I'll, I'll Okay, how, so I'm sorry. How, how, how would I is, do that? No, is this one is thing. why I'm here cuz I ask all these questions. Right, but they're good questions. They're good <laughs> questions. Because the, the the easiest way to answer that is with logic, but they don't use any of it here. And it's it's so funny because 
The WWE is getting so comfortable and so blatant with their lack of logic that their own talent is making fun of it now. I just shared something on my social media the other day with uh, Sami Zayn and the New Day. They were, they were uh, on this um, website show called uh, Talking Smack on the network. Mm-hmm. And the new they asked the new day, how do you feel about splitting up? And you know, this, you guys have been together for so long, blah blah blah. And Sammy is like, yeah. And you guys just this is before Street Profits moved to SmackDown, right? So they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. you guys. The new day returned on that Friday. They returned because Kofi was injured and so was Xavier. All three of them showed up for the first time in months on this show, won the tag titles. And then got drafted to Raw, all literally within a time span of like an hour. So Sami Zayn was like, "Yeah, they were like literally in the ring when it happened." Yeah, right. Like literally in the ring. So Sami's like, "Well, I mean, you guys just won the SmackDown tag titles, and now you're being drafted to Raw. How is that going to work?" And Biggie just looked at him dead in his face and he goes, "How long have you worked here?" I mean, logic, really? There's, there's not a whole lot of that here. It's like when you hear your talent saying this shit on TV, it's like, "Come on, guys." And that then, of course, the question, is this strategic or the is, fact that he said it, that or like, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think these guys are in on it or is well, it, see, are they really legitimately confused on what the hell is going on? Here's the thing. So the right. So the creative team, this is a never ending cycle. This is why there's people who are turning off on SmackDown and, and absolutely refuse to turn it back on because they started off with a good idea and a good pre- uh, precedent. But they executed, once again, shitty. Because what happens is is they need, they want Big E to come out of the pack. They've got a big push in store for him. He's earned it. He's deserved it. There's a lot of people who are ready for him to make this jump. But they, every time WWE has something like this, the, 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 the fundamental solution to them is we turn the guy that we want to be away from the group, we turn him heel, he backstabs the group, and then he's off doing his own thing. It's like a default setting for them, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So Biggie and the New Day for forever. I mean, they've been, they've been together six years, and they've always mentioned, you know, these things don't last forever. We know that we can't be the New Day until the end of time. At some point, we're going to have to go our separate ways. But we would rather not do the turn. They've been very adamant about that. It's like, please, just for this one time, we don't need to do the turn. We're all over as individuals. We can literally shake hands and walk away, and it would still make sense. It fits into what we're doing. And they came up with a lot of ideas themselves. They, I don't know how many people know this. They have their own podcast. And they've actually discussed on their own show what would be a great way for the group to really da-da-da-da-da. And what they ended up doing was nothing that was discussed by anybody and didn't make any fucking sense because it all happened again. There was no buildup to the split. They were all a team for six years. Xavier tore something. I think it was his PCL, ACL, all that stuff. He was out for a year, Kofi with his leg. And he was out for three, four months. So they've been gone for forever. They all come onto the show and then immediately split. And the only people who got emotional was New Day. Because I, I got you, the fans got accustomed to just seeing Big E. Big E's been by, been by himself for like two months now. Mm-hmm. So they showed up and then they split him off. And everybody was just assuming that this would be this big, impactful, emotional moment. Here's a New Day, six, seven years together. And now they're split up. But there was no emotional moment. That tie was severed when they all disappeared. I've... I'm already on the Big E bandwagon. I've been watching him for weeks now. He's dope. I can't wait for him to move forward. If anything, 
I needed that music and that ring gear off of him so I can fully commit to this guy. I didn't need right. him with his toe still in the New Day pool. But mm-hmm. then they pushed him into that New Day pool just to yank his ass right back out an hour later. It was, so, it was just poorly thought out is right. is the constant story with Raw and SmackDown. I can go down the list with this shit because I got the list in front of me here. Obviously, the champions were first picked, but then SmackDown throws me for a curve, right? Because they give you a pattern. Raw picked Drew McIntyre first. Why? He's the WWE champion, right? You want to keep right. your champion. It's not going, it's not going anywhere. Right. SmackDown picks Roman Reigns. Right. That's their champion. Cool. Third pick, Asuka. Okay, that's my women's champion. That's the world champion for the women's division. I need, yep. especially since it's Asuka. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I definitely got to keep this chick. Then SmackDown goes, okay, well, we'll take Seth Rollins. Well, time out a second. Hold the phone for one goddamn minute. Your SmackDown women's champion, Bailey, is not only a long-time champion, she's held it for almost two years consecutively. She hasn't been beat for the title in almost two years. Mm-hmm. She is the most dominant woman on the planet. She just got ranked number one in the world by the PWI Women's 100 list today. Mm. And Bailey That's was right. not only your second pick overall, she didn't get picked until night two. So now you're not following any line of logic to me because, hold on a second, if you're going to pick your dominant players first, why wasn't your most dominant player a selection for you? Matter yeah, of fact, they the picked, most loved player was the one that was picked. They if picked. You're, if you're separating the champions, if you right. if you sever the list from the champions, so one, two, and three out of the list, because those are the obvious picks. If you're now talking about women championships, so the next woman, regard, I don't know if you're saying that instead of Seth Rollins, it should have been Bailey, but the second pick, women's or the first woman pick after Asuka was Sasha. Isn't Sasha? And again, I'm just coming back to this. Right. But isn't Sasha more beloved than Bailey, even though they are both great? Well, no, see, uh, I'll catch you up. So what happened is is that uh, Bailey and Sasha were both very popular for a while. This takes us back to not this past WrestleMania, but the WrestleMania before that, which was WrestleMania 35 in New Jersey, the one that I went to. They were the first ever women's... Ooh, First ever women's tag team champions. Yes, beloved, all that good stuff. The NXT girls, the horsewomen, yada, yada, yada. Sasha, uh, whether you want to believe the stories or not, uh, was not happy with the way that WrestleMania went down, and she disappeared. As in, left the company. As in, fuck this shit, I'm gone. Bailey was a part of the whole deal, but she didn't leave. She had to face the winds of disappointment here while uh, Sasha was off with her husband doing whatever the fuck it was she was doing. So she took a few months off, came back, and she came back the uber heel. And Mm -hmm. everyone bought it because everyone pretty much considers her a bitch in real life. So the fans bought it. I can see it. Right. So she returned, and then Bailey, the the ponytailed, hugging, inflatable wavy arm character, uh, (laughs) she fucking turned heel. And at first, yeah. What I wasn't digging it, but uh, she 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 started getting traction. She started getting real good at this, and she's she's hated. <laughs> now between her and uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, if you want to talk about value, Bailey is highly regarded as one of the greatest WWE Women's Champions of all time. This is not even a discussion. 
Uh, Sasha, however, while she has actually, now that I think about it, I think she's got more title reigns than Bailey does. But Sasha will go down in history as the weakest women's champion of all time. She does not have a single title defense under any of her championship reigns. She wins a belt, she loses the belt. Pay-per-view, she wins it. Monday night, she loses it. Wins it on Monday, waits a week. Next Monday, puts it on the line, loses it. She never... I think they uh, leading up to her last championship victory, they had said that the total accumulation time of her title reigns was only 20 days. Mm. And that was just because... Oh, she couldn't defend it in a week because <laughs> she had to wait till the next fucking Raw. She's one of the worst women's champions of all time. However, she's still one of, the best. She, uh, Sasha is considered uh, one of the top stars when it comes to championship situations. She's like the worst. And Bailey is considered at this point, if, if not Charlotte or Becky Lynch, she's the best. Now, according to yeah, this list on SmackDown, were drafted before her. Yeah, so here's the, but see that's the thing that kills me. They picked Sasha Banks, and then right underneath Sasha, they picked Bianca Belair, which I get. She's the EST. She's the strongest. She's the fastest. She's the smartest. I get it. She's the NXT up and comer. She is ridiculous. She's the best athlete they have, but she's unproven. She just fucking got there, and she was picked above Bailey. Like, none of this shit even begins to even make any kind of fucking sense. Dominic got picked before fucking Bailey. Which, let's explain that one to you for a real quick, sir, because that won't take long to explain. Let's break you into the Dominic, the Dominic Mysterio situation and the storyline that will never fucking end. Ever. I think when I, when I go to the hospital and hold my grandson for the first time, Dominic will still be fighting Seth Rollins. Over... And over and over. It's the feud that will never fucking end, bro. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio got into a feud. Now, unbeknownst to all of us, Rey's son, Dominic, uh, former uh, high school and I believe collegiate football player. This guy's a great athlete all by himself. Obviously a foot and a half taller than his old man. Because how could he possibly be that small, right? Right. Uh, his mother, Angie, Rey Mysterio's wife, is the muscle of the group. That's hilarious. You got to see all four of them together. It's it's crazy. Like his daughter's bigger than he is, but he's he's a former world champion, whatever. But it's it's Dominic uh, was already signed apparently to a developmental deal. He had trained under Lance Storm in his school up in Canada. Obviously, that's a that's for those of you who are hearing this for the first time. It's kind of an unwritten rule: parents don't train their kids. They're biased. <laughs> it's just the way that it is. Uh, wrestlers, especially superstars, they take their kids to talents that they trust to train their kids. Once the kids become fully trained, they can bump and have timing. Then the parents usually come in and kind of like polish them up, like Ray did. Because Dominic does all of Ray's shit, but he does he does it better because he's bigger and he's stronger. Uh, so Dominic has a lot of natural gifts. He is still greener than fucking grass. But he, he he doesn't look like he's intimidated by the moment. He's okay getting in front of audiences. Um, the Thunderdome didn't shake him. He's got a lot of potential, actually. Uh, okay. But he needs to take his ass to NXT. He doesn't need to be, you know, he's taking a master's class right now, getting into the ring with Seth Rollins, but he doesn't even have his bachelor's yet. And he needs to go to NXT. He needs to figure that shit out. And then when he does, he's going to be nasty. He's going to be really good. And he needs to stop doing his dad's moves. Okay, because his dad is four foot ten. This dude is a legit six foot guy. 
He needs to be doing some other stuff. He can incorporate Lucha because he can do it. Physically, he looks good doing it. But there's a lot of goofy shit that he does because he's trying to be like his dad and Uncle Eddie and all this. Stop. Stop. Do your own thing, dude. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, he's he's looked good. He's looked good. If you ever get a chance to look back at some of the Raws that are on the network, um, kind of watch his progress, and especially his match at SummerSlam. He had a match, a one-on-one match with Seth Rollins at SummerSlam that was actually pretty decent. It was pretty good. I was actually very yeah. surprised. A little long. I think I think uh, Seth should have put him away earlier, but that's subjective. That's just nitpicking. It was a good match. So that's how Dominic got there. I didn't realize that Dominic and Ray could be drafted together. That was never explained. Yeah, they're a tag point, team. No, I mean they have. Well, they they're have, defined as a tag team. Yeah, they're, I think that was their cell. I think that's what, that's the excuse they used because Mysterio right. doesn't get into the ring a lot. He's pretty much stepping out of the ring. You know, I guess thirty years is enough. Uh, I think it's time to fucking get out of there. Yes, and it please. was and it was dope for him to, to get in there with Dominic. It was actually really cool to see him in there with Dominic, but I need to see right. more Dominic, less Ray. So for yes, them please. to be... Because it's not helping Dominic. Every mm-hmm. every time you got a guy like Ray Mysterio, like like when yeah. Bret Hart used to come out with people, like when the when the far superior one is standing next to you, you don't look so good. You know, so he, he needs to... Dominic needs to do his own thing. They need to kill this whole fucking thing off. But right. that's how Dominic got there to to explain that one to you. And I love how you're not familiar with any of these new people, but as soon as you said King Corbin, your fucking stomach churned up on Mahong for you yeah, to get rid of like, How many gimmicks has this guy had? <sighs> you know what's funny too because when I first saw him, I thought he was amazing. Like him yes. in the ring. I, I didn't see him I remember this very clearly. I watched him in a match or two, and I'm like, I really like this Corbin guy. He's dope. He's big. He's athletic. He yep. moves. He has great ring presence. And then I told you this. I was like, dude, I'm really digging this Corbin I guy. And you're like, wait till he touches a mic. And I'm like, what? And then I heard this dude talk, and I'm like, oh, you poor baby. <laughs> I tried to tell you. And ever since then, man, this guy's had, I don't, truly, how many gimmicks has he had since he's been in the company? Uh, Well, he was the badass biker dude uh, when he started in NXT. That was the version I liked because he didn't talk. He came out there, had a dope entrance, biggest shit, beat the fuck out of people, hit people with that end of days and left. I was like, that's it. That's all he needs to do. That's all he needs to do. That's all he needed to do. And then they cut his hair, and then they put him in a suit, and they did a whole bunch of. They made him what was it? I don't. I think he was commissioner at one point, and then he he's King Corbin now because he won King of the Ring, but nobody knows that because they stopped referencing it, and it's just weird. Now, not for nothing, his match when he, as a matter of fact, the King of the Ring tournament I think was his best set of matches, and uh, he went out there with Shorty G or Chad Gable, and uh, they actually tore the fucking house down. Those two guys have crazy chemistry. He's a good wrestler. Man, he's all right. He's all right. When he wants to go, he can fucking go. But they don't let him go because the gimmick that he, the, the the gimmick and, and the character or whatever doesn't require him to be a wrestler. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Weirdest, weirdest thing. So, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of picks here that just they are all over the place. But it's the same people writing for everybody. So the bullshit you were doing on Raw, you're just going to do on SmackDown. The only pick... That surprised me in all of this was The Fiend going to Raw. And that was the only one that surprised me because I I was under the impression that Fox was huge on The Fiend. Loved the looks. Matter of fact, when they debuted 
uh, the Thunderdome. That was the first entrance they did. They did the Fiend, and I, and I know for a fact I've seen enough reports to know they loved the Fiend. So Who for, doesn't? So for him to be moved, something went wrong. And this I, man, this man is a genius. I just want to, I just want to say that out <laughs> loud, man. This dude, he has like it seems like whenever he gets stale, he knows how to bring himself back into the light, and it doesn't even have to be holding the belt. And that's like the most impressive thing to me for this guy. Yeah, he he's a, he's a an amazing creative dude. The only problem I have, the only weak point in his game, is the wrestling. <laughs> it's it's the only weak part. If if this wasn't a wrestling show, if this was literally stage and theater and and entertainment, just straight up storylines, talking dialogue, he he'd be the star. It'd be no one else to wrap around. But unfortunately, uh, his abilities inside the ring are sometimes what tend to turn people off to him. Uh, I don't know if there was a problem with The Fiend on Fox, like the character or whatever. But for him to have moved, I have an assumption on this. And it's just an assumption. It's just an opinion. I don't think Fox was really that upset to have him or not have him anymore because we don't see The Fiend on TV a whole lot. Which is beautiful for creative purposes. We keep him fresh. When he shows up, he means something. Mm -hmm. But as a network, if you're told, look at this great character, he's fantastic looking, he's great for TV, and you see that and you go, fuck yeah, I'm sold. And then you watch the program every week and he's never fucking on it. I'm like, all right, what the fuck is the point? They did Mm -hmm. like two pay-per-views in a row with, with Bray Wyatt wrestling and not The Fiend when he was the Universal Champion. If I'm not, if I'm not, if I'm wrong someone can correct me but i believe he won the universal championship because fox was so heavy on him they're like yeah make him the champ and we'll promote him up the wazoo he was in all the packaging and he was on all the promo packages and the commercials and all kinds of let me in and all that stuff and so you think it was one of those like look he's amazing but if you're not going to give him to me then get him out of here yeah it's right yeah i think that's what it was it's like listen uh, he is amazing to look at but if he's not going to be here and i'm going to get more bray than i'm going to get fiend he doesn't need to be here there are other guys that we like just as much and we get to see him every week like i'm pretty sure like judging by the fact that bailey wasn't such a high pick i gotta assume they're big on rollins why else would Rollins be such a fucking high-ass pick? I mean, above all these other people, look at all the people they picked after Seth. Sasha, Bianca, Jey Uso, Dominic Mysterio. There wasn't a whole lot. Like, they didn't go heavy on night one. The only real main event picks was Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Which is another thing that kind of devalues the whole purpose of this draft. Like, the draft is like any draft you take the best first so if your list isn't the best then what is it like no one picks a kicker in round two because you know you're just gonna get bailey later on anyway right yeah because you're scripting the draft you was not like raw's gonna take your champion from you you're just not gonna allow that to happen and that takes away from the suspense of the actual draft i'll give you an example in night one when they took the new day who were the SmackDown tag champs to Raw, you could already kind of see, okay, well, then the Raw tag team champs have to be headed to SmackDown, no? Because we need tag champs on the other program. And I think that they spilled the beans when they had the Three Profits do commercials for Fox and NASCAR 
You're like, right. all right, well, they must be headed to Fox at some point, right? Because they're doing commercials for them and shit. It's the same thing when they when Raw drafted the Hurt Business. Bobby Lashley is the United States champion. So, obviously, Sami Zayn can't go to Raw, right? Because he's the Intercontinental champion, and that's what happened. So, it mm-hmm. ends up taking away. And, yes, SmackDown's on Fox, and that's the big money maker. They What did they? What the hell was that deal? Quarter of a billion dollars or some shit or, or something like that right. to get SmackDown on Fox. But, you know, right. and, and, and people will tell you that Raw and SmackDown both have their their issues. But SmackDown is the far more entertaining show than Raw. Right. And all Vince needs to do is hear that and just goes berserk because he will never sit back and let SmackDown be better than Raw. Right. And if you don't believe me, SmackDown's... No, no I'm, a, I'm speaking, speaking rhetorically <laughs> no, here. I believe you. <laughs> SmackDown's night one is Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Jey Uso, Dominic, Rey Mysterio, Big E, and Otis. Okay? Raw's night one. Drew McIntyre, Asuka, the whole Hurt Business, AJ Styles, Naomi, the tag team champs of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, Ricochet, Mandy Rose, The Miz, and John Morrison... The New Day, Dana Brooke, and Angel Garza. If that's not a one-sided as fuck draft lineup, I don't know what is. And night two gets a little better for SmackDown. But even the names that they got on that side, Kevin Owens. What are they going to do with Kevin Owens? Daniel Bryan's back. To do what? (laughs) What are they doing? So So here's my theory. Now that we're talking about this is what I'm thinking. Is I feel like New Day have give, been giving them pushback. They've been trying to get Big E away for a while. Mm-hmm. They were resisting, whatever the case may be, what happened that behind the scenes. I think it got to the point where they pretty much told them this is going to happen. They're still fighting, which is probably one of the reasons why they went on their podcast talking about ideas and stuff like that. <clears throat> you know the big guy doesn't like things like that. So I would assume they talked to him and they yeah. were probably giving them more pushback. So what they did was, okay, you guys don't want to do this, so we're going to do it like this. Yeah. We're going to separate you, and then I'm going to take your team and put them on the complete opposite. <laughs> I'm going to just switch the tag champs so that you have no opportunity to get back with you. Like there's, yeah. there's no way you could write it because you're on completely separate programs now. So you're forced to do it. So if you don't want to do it the way we want to do it, yeah. so that you guys have an opportunity to still be around each other or maybe even work together, now we're just going to separate you all together because now you have no chance. That's the, that's what I'm getting yeah. at. It this. screams quick fix. It's like... It screams you're not listening yeah. and you're not... Because they had all these ideas that I think Vince was just like, well, if it's not my idea, I don't want to do it. That's right. it. It's like uh, we could shake hands and just say fuck it, but where's the TV in that? Right. Yeah, it just it's making a lot of sense. Charlotte Flair got picked third, and she's not even fucking wrestling. She hasn't been on TV in months. It's fucking <laughs> so crazy. I guess again, like I did in the beginning. What is is this annually? Do they do they do this every year? Um, it used to be annual, but they didn't do one last year. So, and then we got names like Dabo Cato. Oh God. <laughs> So he's a developmental talent. Is he nice? Is he nice? No, he's trash. He's just oh. he's just six foot eight, six foot nine or some shit. Oh, okay. The same thing with uh he he was a developmental guy, right? And I'm gonna safely assume he wasn't doing too well because they never called his ass up. They never even moved him to television on NXT. Can you imagine being a developmental guy in the PC where they film NXT and you never got asked to do TV? You know how garbage you have to be? 
Well, we based know? on the way you're describing him, he's a Vince McMahon wet dream. Oh, well, there you go. The problem, but the problem is he's just not performing, so it's just like, oh. He's not going to perform. He won't last long. It's a waste of a pick. Same thing here with Arturo Rujas, who was another NXT guy. Now, his situation is different from Kato. Kato's a big six foot nine, ugly motherfucker, which is dope. He's just got a fucking face. You're like, he's going to fucking kill someone. Until he starts powder puffing these bitches. You're like, oh, he's a bitch. Oh, I get it. Arturo is, has the opposite problem. He lays his shit in. He's a good worker. He can wrestle. He's good. But that's his problem. He's good. This dude is white bread. He is tris- He is plain Triscuits. There's nothing entertaining about this motherfucker at all whatsoever. And I can't wait to hear these fucking ring announcers butcher Arturo Rujas. I can't wait to hear these. I can't wait to see what kind of creative fuck-ups they come up for that. So what are you expecting to get out of this draft? Out Anything? This tra- any, are, are, you, are you expecting good TV? Are you expecting good I'm not expecting anything. The same, or do you think you're going to get a loss in value in this? I think some people are going to go down more so than people are going to go up. Mm. Because I just don't see... It's the roster wasn't the issue. Okay, like I said in the beginning of all this, they did this to catch an eye. They did this to try to bring some people back because, oh, look, we're going to get some different matchups and we're going to get this. We're going to, right. But your overall problem wasn't the wrestlers being in the positions they were. Your problem was you don't know how to, you don't know how to put wrestlers in the proper position to gain interest. They've gotten rid of the idea. I don't know how many times. You've heard it, that people are always saying, you know, you know, Hogan, uh, Austin, Rock, Taker, like these big transcendent names, right? Supernova superstars. But WWE just doesn't have any more of these. And I've been saying on this show for almost the entire three years I've been doing it, that's completely 100% by design. Vince is done losing talents to Hollywood or rival promotions. He's done. They're all interchangeable parts. The one thing he got from Paul Heyman was the whole ECW chant. Build the brand. That's all he cares about. He's not worried about building a star that's going to transcend. He just needs a star to get big enough to sell some tickets. That's it. And if you get too big, he'll crush it. So I don't... I'm not overly excited about any of these picks because I don't see any of them attaining any level of success that is any higher than where they are. There's going to be some who improve. Bianca Belair is going to be a bigger player. Jey Uso has been impressing me with the promos against Roman Reigns. But we'll see how long he stays single until his brother comes back from injury. Because then we, we got to have the Usos, right? Because that's one thing this, this fucking program also doesn't have. Neither program. There are no fucking tag teams in any of these fucking programs. We have women's tag team champions. We don't have tag teams. We have... Uh, two SmackDown, two champions, one in each brand, and no tag teams. There's nothing. As a matter of fact, uh, the most consistent tag team that they had over the whole coronavirus era is the Lucha House Party, and they didn't get picked. They're fucking free agents. Buddy, hmm. Buddy Murphy, the disciple of Seth Rollins for the better part of a year, unpicked. Umberto Carrillo, who was so hot for a minute there, they were going to give him the Intercontinental title for no reason and just have him beat AJ Styles every week until they felt like it. He has been unpicked. Andrade has been unpicked. They're talking about sending his ass back to NXT, which is the new thing now. When we have a guy we have nothing for, 
And all he keeps doing is bitching because we don't have nothing for him. We send him to NXT now. Get away from me. Your your need to succeed and your thirst and hunger to strive and become a better performer annoys us. Get away from us. I Go just down. think they have too many brands, man. I think there's just they too loaded. Many. They have too much talent. They load it up on guys, and they're not letting them fucking go. You just said it yourself. You were shocked as shit to see Jeff Hardy's name. Jeff Hardy. You remember how fucking over Jeff Hardy was back in the day? He was over just like that, bro. No lie. Before Corona hit and, and he was wrestling in singles matches, we were this close to getting that fucking song back too. The uh the the you know what that I forgot the fucking name of that song from 09. Mm-hmm. We were that fucking close, bro, and COVID fucked up my life. Cause I was like, damn, now he's still rocking up to that same ass nineteen ninety-eight fucking stock random ass theme that they've been coming out to for fucking forever. And he's still killing it, bro. This nigga's like forty thousand years old. He's been medicated up the wazoo. His blood type is morphine. This dude doesn't feel I think he's just been anything. resurrected a few times. This is like a different reincarnation of Jeff Hardy. But they're not even letting, bro, they're not even letting him get over. Like, that's so weird. Here's a guy. They're capping the, ta- the talent. Is this true? Is this, like, known or... Capping serious? the talent off? Oh, no, this has become devastatingly obvious to a lot of people they're, they're afraid that they are they really afraid that their wrestlers will succeed in other places yes they're terrified of it and now that AEW exists forget it because if you cap your talent a you'll never have those stars again and b that's not see that's that not having true. those stars will just make your undercard that much worse because they're not striving to be it just all rolls downhill. I don't understand if that's really because the case. Because here's, here's, here's why they've been doing it. Because before AEW, if you had a top star who wanted to do ABC and you told him no, he caught an attitude about it, you just look him in the face and say, where the fuck are you going to go? You're not going anywhere. We're going to go to fucking New Japan every fucking week. You're going to sit in a tube every other fucking week and fly for 22 fucking hours to go wrestle somewhere else and get paid in yen. That's not going to fucking happen. There's nowhere else to fucking work. So you have to fucking do this shit right here, right now, and that's it. That's why if anybody's going to think AEW for anything, it's becoming the second t- show. Because now people are like, uh, yeah, fuck you. I'm not going to do that. I'm headed to AEW. Go suck a dick. Even if they're not, if, even if they're case, not going. I would, imagine, I would imagine these guys are getting very frustrated. Because, again, someone who is not up with it, from what you're saying, someone yes. who is really with it, my interpretation is a lot of these people are getting frustrated and a lot of these random knee-jerk things that they're doing is the morale is probably just so bad in the back, which I know Vince and they come off like they really don't care, but they do still have a business to run. Yeah. And it just sounds like people are getting frustrated and with that outlet, that other outlet, who knows, a lot of these people could just be writing out their contracts or however that works. I'm gonna send I, you, I I'm going to send you a link. Because the person, when this is over, I'm going to send you a link. Because the person who illustrated this point the best uh, was Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Mm-hmm. He illustrated the point of what we're saying here the best. Because here's a guy who, and I know you're not a big fan of him, but here's a guy who was pushed to the fucking moon, right? We're going we're gonna to break the shield up. All three of these guys are going to get fucking ridiculous pushes, and we're just going to make these three guys the fucking faces. 
You know, he was one of the three guys, the workhorses, quote unquote, they called themselves. They were on top. So here's Dean, here's Dean Ambrose, a fucking guy who's not being fucked over, who's being promoted up the wazoo, who is on every fucking commercial, on the trucks, on the program. He's fucking, his face is everywhere, right? He's getting his due for all the work he's putting in. And here he is complaining, <laughs> not just for him. But for other people, he was he, right. he he was like he would overhear things. He would be involved with segments with other people, and he would be like, "What is this shit?" So here's Dean Ambrose, again, love him or hate him, he's one of the best promo guys of all time. I mean, I mean ever. So when you have some asshole named Todd, who has only been with the WWE like a week. But he's on the writing staff now, and he walks over to Dean Ambrose and goes, here, I wrote some stuff for you to say, and it's two pages long, and this fucking guy looks at the paper and goes, what the fuck is any of this? What is this? Like, he he, he illustrates it so well, because he's like, this is the bullshit we're talking about. There was a, a segment where Dean Ambrose had turned heel at this point, and he was going to be cutting a promo against Roman, and this is when Roman had been diagnosed <clears throat> with, uh, with cancer. And Vince wrote a promo for Dean that brought up the cancer with the line being, you know, everything you've ever done to us, everything that you've ever done to these people, it's funny that God had a plan for you anyway, right? Yeah. Shit like that. So Dean was reading the promo down. And he's going, because they always go back and forth. They read it. Blah, blah, blah. When it got to that line, he looked Vincent right in the face and he was just like, I'm not saying this. It's, like, oh, it's a good line because it does this, this, this. He was Vince. I'm not fucking saying this. Like, and this is coming from John Moxley, who says every outlandish shit in the book to try to get over. But he's like, I'm right. not referring to the man's fucking cancer in a fucking promo. He goes, first of all, it's cheap. That's a cheap fucking heat deal. Like, that's you don't do that. So, it, it, and I'll give you the link. But when he tells the story, he's just like, uh, he 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 got hurt. He didn't look forward to coming back, and he was just like. The more, the closer he got to coming back, and the more creative they threw at him, he goes, "You guys are really going to make me walk away from this money." Because he was making millions, bro. He wasn't a six-figure guy. He was making seven fucking figures to be in the WWE. Seven. And he's like, "You really going to make me walk away from this money?" Yeah, that was the exact line he used. He was like, "Okay, that's it." And they offered him another deal, and he said, "No, go fuck yourself." And he he laid his fucking deal out, and that was it. And because of that, the last match he had in the WWE was a shield match. It was like the, the last night of the shield or whatever, right? To say goodbye to Dean Ambrose. And his payday for that show was 500 bones, brother. Mm. Seven figures down to three because he wouldn't sign another contract with the WWE. So not only are they, not only are they fucking strict with people, they petty as fuck too. That's why, it. that's why every WWE superstar who leaves always has the same fucking promo. Oh, uh, I'm here to do my own thing and not take orders from some geriatric, out-of-touch old man who can't get out of the <laughs> 80s. It's the same promo, the brass ring. Oh, I'm done reaching for these imaginary brass rings. It's all the same bullshit. Every guy who fucking leaves cuts these crazy promos about fuck the WWE and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that was a long-winded uh, explanation of the fucking draft, but that's pretty much how that goes. It's good. I'm I'm learning. I'm picking some of this stuff up. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll get back in the game, brother. Uh, speaking of back in the game here, 
I have to ask you the question. I sent you a picture. <laughs> AEW. How much of this have you had a chance to see? I have not. All right, that's fine. You Well, I was going to say you have time, but it looks like you're going on vacation this weekend, so we'll save AEW for another time. I just wanted to bring up for those who do follow, if you guys didn't get a chance to hear, they're doing a world title eliminator tournament. Now, I want to repeat that sentence because none of it makes any fucking sense. So if I confuse you the first time, let me repeat it so I can confuse you further. You ready? World title eliminator tournament. What throws me in that is eliminator. I don't know why the fuck it's in there. (laughs) Every tournament is elimination. I don't know why the fuck that's in there. It doesn't have anything to do with fucking the title. Nothing. It's just... Uh, and it's highlighted, folks. In the picture, world title tournament is in white. Eliminator is in gold. They want you to make sure that you see this fuck up. Big and bright and beautiful right in the center. I have a ruler in front of me. This is dead smack in the center, bro. You cannot miss the word eliminator. It is in there for zero fucking reason. Now... My brother has not seen much of AEW, so I will explain very briefly. I wanted to bring it up as an update for people. And I've also been asked to update on the G1. I'm waiting for um, New Japan's G1 tournament. I'm waiting for the A block and the B block to be settled. There's a lot of confusion over there. And I don't mean to segue off on this, but there's a lot of confusion as far as who's going to walk out of those tournaments. Uh, There's a three-way tie in one block, and it's extremely close in the other. I am not going to sit here and break down the G1 piece by piece until I know what I'm talking about. So for those of you who are like, yo, AJ, you got to do the G1. I will do the G1 when we get closer. Once we get to somewhere near a final, I'll go over it so that I can help build and promote for the final. But until then, I am not breaking my fucking head over the numbers. It's It's like, it was like... Having someone explain baseball stats to me when they were going over this shit. So, no, I'm good. When I have it all flushed out, we'll go over it. But that's the tournament that, believe it or not, I don't want to get confused over the tournament that actually makes sense. Let's talk about the tournament that makes none. Let's talk about the confusion here. Now, my brother's not seen AEW, so what I'm about to tell him will probably scare him off from watching any of this shit. But let's continue further anyway. Let's dive into this bowl of shit. So, uh, by the way, I will never be hired for AEW after I say all this shit, but here we go. Uh, the okay. first round, it's an eight-man tournament, first of all, and it's filled with a bunch of randoms. Some really good ones and then some fucking randoms. I don't understand it. So the first round is Penta L0M, former Pentagon Jr. He can't use that name anymore because of legal reasons. So, of course, creatively, and I'm assuming high off his ass, he came up with Penta L0M. He will be competing against Ray Phoenix. Now, why is that important and or stupid? They're on the same stable, they're tag team partners, and they're brothers. Why are they competing in the first round? I have no fucking clue. Will they destroy the entire house by ruining every person's finisher on the planet and kicking out of every fucking thing but a car to the face? Yes. And that's what that audience wants to see, so fuck it. They like seeing human bodies just beat the fuck out of each other for no rhyme or reason. You're going to see, I want to do a flip pile driver drinking game. Every Canadian destroyer we see these two gentlemen do, I'm going to take a shot. And then if I get really bombed from it, I'm going to go live on Facebook and talk mad shit about this match. 
<laughs> just wild and crazy shit because I'll probably be obliterated when it happens. So that's the first round matchup. Uh, Penta is the only one of the two that has won a world title. So I'll go ahead and probably give Big Brother the edge on that one. In the next bracket, Kenny Omega, Joey Janela. Why is this a first-round matchup? Not so much for Kenny. I, Kenny Omega I get in this tournament. It's nice to see him in a singles capacity. He's been in a tag team guy this entire time he's been in AEW, which is not good. He's one of your top stars, and he does not feel like a star. So hopefully this tournament, this, he should be in the finals of this. This shouldn't even be a question. He loses to any of these j Browns, as my brother would say. <laughs> then this whole tournament is uh, of no use to anybody. Joey Janela is a cool dude. I've worked with him a bunch of times. We came up together. He's my dude. But he's got no business in this fucking tournament. Zero. Zilch. Uh, he's literally just here to try to get something out of Kenny. Maybe he's here just for someone for Kenny Omega to just beat the fuck out of on TV and look good and move on to the next round where I'm sure he will struggle with one of the Mexican jumping beans he'll be competing against in the other fucking round. <laughs> but Kenny Omega needs to be in the finals of this. There's no doubt about it. We need to get closer to the cleaner and last to whatever the fuck he's been in AEW. Japanese Kenny Omega, bro, was uh, a sight to behold. He was unique. He was widely considered to be the best wrestler on the planet when he was in Japan. Came home to the States, and I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. So hopefully this tournament turns it around. Uh, Colt Cabana, you were asking earlier, how is Jeff Hardy still alive? Well, whatever he's taken, Colt has a subscription as well. I have no clue how Colt Cabana is still doing his thing. Uh, and he's doing it with a group called the Dark Order. Now, the Dark Order is a cult-like group. There was a leader who verbally and physically assaults his members, and they love and worship him no matter what, and they bow before him, and it's a very dark and grimy group. And then there's happy-go-lucky Colt Cabana in his jogging suit, just hopping around, happy to be there. Uh, if there was a picture in the dictionary for store, sore thumb, he would be the one sticking out right there. But he's in this tournament, for God knows whatever reason. That's what I thought, until I saw his opponent, Hangman Page. And now I see the same Kenny Omega situation. Hangman Page is going to beat the piss <laughs> out of fucking Colt Cabana, and it's going to be fantastic. They're gonna look, he's going to look great doing it. He is my favorite to win it all. He should be the man who wins it all. Young, strong, good-looking kid, can fucking wrestle. Buckshot Lariat. Bro, if you're going to pay attention to any new up-and-coming wrestler, this is the dude you want to get behind. This okay. dude is nasty. He is sick, and he's in his mid-20s. He's, he's going to fucking go for a while. Uh, in the and I, so uh, as my description goes, Hangman Page is going to urinate over the grave of Colt Cabana as he moves on to the next round. And uh, we have Wardlow, the bodyguard for MJF. How MJF is not in this tournament, I will never fucking understand. The bodyguards in it, but not MJF. Wardlow is in this uh, first round matchup here against Jungle Boy. Now you are unfamiliar with. Either of these men. Now, Wardlow, I don't know much about. Big guy, huge guy, jacked to the gills. Uh, like Lesnar big. Like, he's fucking big. And he's pretty athletic, too. But he's been kind of like the quiet, silent badass behind the weak and puny big mouth. Well, not puny, but like just the chicken shit heel, you know, who runs his mouth all the time. And he's the big bad bodyguard that stands behind him. He's getting his uh, first real shot here. And Jungle Boy, you remember Beverly Hills 90210? 
Vaguely. Vaguely. You remember a name, Luke Perry? Sounds familiar, but okay. I don't remember the face. He was an actor on 90210, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is his son, Jack Perry. Oh. Yes. And he is also equally nasty. The boy can go. I don't like the whole jungle boy deal. But yeah, he looks like a boy, though. He's, so, he, he he's super young. He's super young, and he's a little on the skinny side, but he's he's bulked up a little bit over the course of the last year. He's putting on some weight. He's going to be really good, which is why I feel bad for this first-round match because someone's going to have to lose this match. And I don't – if Jungle Boy beats Wardlow, we lose all mysticism behind him. That's the done deal, right? He just lost to the little guy. That's going to fuck him up. If Jungle Boy loses, if Wardlow plows right through him, then we lose any kind of potential we have for him as an underdog competitor. Unless – they can book this match to where Jungle Boy struggles throughout the whole match, has a few breakout moments, kind of gives the audience that appearance like he's getting there, he's getting there, he's getting there, but it just falls shy and Wardlow goes over. That might work out, but this is a really bad position for two reasons, not just like a lose-lose. Yeah, this is a really lose-lose booking situation, and that's just the first round because the winner of this has to lose to Adam Page in the next fucking round. There's no way either of these two guys beat Page. This is going to be an Omega Page main event. It's just going to happen that way. Uh, the the winner of either side will compete in the finals match at Full Gear, which is their next pay-per-view, November the 7th. When uh, that pay-per-view occurs, it will be John Moxley versus my homeboy, Eddie Kingston, for the AEW world title. And the finals for this tournament, the winner will face the winner of the Moxley-Kingston uh, matchup. So we'll have two matches, one for the title, one for number one contendership. We'll have our next pay-per-view already figured out. So that part's cool. I like how there there's some symmetry there. Like, okay, we're gonna have matches where they determine who's gonna be in line for what. You know, you got an atmosphere where people are competing for an opportunity. I like that. I don't like the way this is put together. There's so many singular talents. There's no Darby Allen on this. There's no Ricky Starks on this. If your problem was is that you're short on time, because it's already October 15th, their pay-per-view is, let me pull this up here, it's the 7th, so that's one, two. You got three Dynamites between now and that pay-per-view. So you're, okay, yeah, I can see where they might run a little short on time. So then you get the eight people, but for fuck's sake. I love the fact that the two Mexicans are evenly matched. They'll beat the fuck out of each other. Who cares who comes out, right? Kenny is going to waffle the fuck out of Joey Janela. <laughs> Hangman Page is going to fucking lose There's a no shit. way for an upset here for the finals to the not be Page and Omega. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to give me an upset, if I can choose, I'm going to go Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy... He has the most potential to really get a good push. Not just that, but if you're telling me that you want to go against... Because Kenny Omega and Adam Page is the money-making match, right? I told you, Adam Page, mid-20s, good-looking kid. Omega's not old either. Kind of already, he's kind of in his prime right now. People are going to tune in to Omega and Page. And just based on how... And I don't mean any disrespect, but how weak these brackets are... It would make zero it, it, sense for any of those two to, to take to a lose, loss right. anyone to anyone in this. But if you're saying who could be a bracket buster here, who's the one guy that I wouldn't mind seeing defeat either of the two, just the way that the brackets are set up, 
Jungle right. Boy struggling against Wardlow and coming out on the end, or maybe Wardlow gets disqualified, right? Maybe he he loses because he beats the fuck out of Jungle Boy and the referee just throws the match away because then that would save Wardlow's loss. Because I was like, yeah, he lost, but he beat the fuck out of Jungle Boy. That's why he lost because he was beating his ass so bad that the company had to fucking stop it. Otherwise, he'd fucking murder him. That's a good way to take a loss. Then Jungle Boy gets in there with Adam Page. Adam Page feels bad because he's a babyface, right? But his whole deal is that he's a drunk. He's alcohol. He's an alcoholic, right? So he sympathizes with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is not 100%. I don't want to come in here and beat the fuck out of this young kid. He's got a banged up whatever the fuck Wardlow beat up. And they go back and forth, and Jungle Boy pulls one out on him. I wouldn't be surprised by that. But then eventually, yeah, he'd, if Jungle Boy was to do that, then Kenny would have to fucking roll on him. I mean, that, that, that shouldn't even be close. Like, Jungle Boy at that point, if he got by Wardlow beat up, and then he survived Paige because of sympathy, Omega's not going to show him any sympathy. O- Omega's going to beat him with a dildo if he, has to, if he has to. It doesn't really matter. He's going to the get to the fucking championship at this point. So that's the only way, really, I could fucking see this tournament really working out. But I had to bring the tournament up before we closed out here, and I just wanted to so have people So who's taking it all? It's got to be... If we get to Kenny Omega and Adam Page to the finals, I, I can see a full heel turn from Omega because he's kind of almost there. All right, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page uh, were the tag team champions for almost nine months, just and they just recently lost it. And they lost it because of Page and Omega falling apart toward the end, not a whole lot of communication. They wrapped the whole ending of the pay-per-view around Omega being fed up with Paige and just walking out on him. Now, he hasn't fully turned. He's been trying to give reasoning as to why him and Paige aren't getting along anymore. I've actually been liking the storyline a little bit, just the way that they've been developing it. But if you're looking for the big, okay, this is it. This is finally his, because he was a heel in Japan. So it's like, all right, so if you're looking for that moment, here comes the cleaner. He's going to fucking turn, finally. This would be a great opportunity to do it, especially live on pay-per-view. You could have Kenny beat Hangman through some dirty shit and or, or just full turn heel and then have Kenny play a factor in that main event for the world title just to set some shit up, you know, nicely. And, and, and you know, Moxley pulls out the win against his long-term rival and then Omega comes in. Because that's how, if you want to go full circle, John Moxley debuted in AEW when Kenny Omega was competing against Chris Jericho for the AEW title. And... Uh, he attacked, Moxley attacked Jericho, but he also attacked Omega that night at the end of it. So if you want to go full circle on this, Moxley now being the babyface champion, and if you go full heel with Omega on page, you could have Moxley and Kingston do their thing. You could even have Moxley win, but then at the end of that, you turn that around, here comes now a role reversal where Omega shows up behind Moxley and fucking tears him apart. Very similar to the way that it happened the other way around. And then when you get to the next pay-per-view, you play that package. Where it's like, okay, here's, you know, turn about a fair play. Like, every, no heel believes he's a heel. That's the beautiful part about being a bad guy. I'm not the bad guy. He did it to me. Okay? I earned my way into a world title situation, just like he did. Right? And, and But when he, he did it to me, so now I saw an opportunity to do it to him. That's just what it is. Right? And, of course, Mox is going to spin it. He's the badass. He doesn't care. Blah, blah, blah. Stone. People have been calling him Stone Cold Cosplay because he's just, he's just the badass. Nothing faces him. He doesn't sell shit. He's just a monster. If you didn't like him in WWE, you're going to hate him here. 
because he doesn't do everything is hardcore and, 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 and he sells nothing. He's just an unstoppable fucking force over here. And the fans fucking love it. They're eating it up. That was good, man. I'm sold. I'm hyped. I'm a, yeah, the tournament, the, tournament, <laughs> the tournament can go a lot of different ways as far as the finals goes. But I'm telling you, if these two... It is sad to see a tournament and, like, especially if, like, you understand what's going on. Yeah. Like, the way your brain plays this out. I would imagine it kind of ruins the whole tournament thing for you. Right. But it still sounds really good, so... Well, I think what makes it interesting for people, if I'm going to try to sell this as an idea for people to watch... I think if you want to see a car, they the the, the beautiful the, the positive spin to this tournament is Kenny's match with Joey. Oh, Jesus, Joey. Okay, so Joey, Joey's not the greatest wrestler on the planet, but he takes a good ass beating. He's not going to sell a whole lot for you, Perfect. but he takes a great ass kicking. Meaning you you could I mean we have a term in the industry potatoes stiff shots taters. You can you can throw this motherfucker a big ass pathmark bag of just tater tots for fucking fifteen minutes. And this motherfucker would look at you with a smile on his face and say, Please, sir, may I have another? That's what I love about Joey. He cannot fight. But you can't kill him either. It's a weird dynamic with Joey. So for Kenny, whose style is very stiff, tight, it's in there, it's very snug shit with the V-trigger and all these other moves that he just strikes the fuck out of you, Kenny's going to look fantastic coming out of that match. So when you see how good he looks and how much he beats the fuck out of this guy, this vanilla latte in a pair of tights that he just beats the fuck out of, you know his next opponent is one of the Mexican jumping beans. So when Penta and Ray Phoenix uh, have a Canadian destroyer-only match and tear up the fucking ring for about eight minutes... Because these guys don't go longer than 10. Because what they do does not... The the speed that these two fuckers wrestle at is insane. And I got that firsthand from Santana and Ortiz. They're like... They're, they, they love, but they hate wrestling these fucking guys. Because when it goes good, it's fantastic. When they're on the same page and they're moving and they're zipping and they're going back and forth, it's beautiful. It's poetry in motion. As soon as the motherfucker slips up and the timing gets fucked up, that matches the cockies, and they know that it is. So <laughs> these two competing against each other, one's going to rub the other one out, no pun intended. They might actually do no. that. They might actually do that. I could see them jerking off in the ring as part of a spot. They'd do anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I could see it happening. But either one, they lose to Kenny Omega. So there's interest. Like If you just want to see a car crash, if you want to see Structor Soleil, if you just want to see a bunch of people doing cool moves... That's another match for you right there. Hangman Page is going to get the same treatment as Kenny against Colt Cabana. He's going to beat the fuck out of Colt. Colt would get his shit in, I'm sure. He's much more established than Joey. Right? Joey, you can beat the fuck out of. No, no one gives a shit about Joey Janela. Colt Cabana does have a bit of a following. you got to respect him a little bit. He's a vet. But he's going to tear right through him. The Wardlow and the Jungle Boy match has the most potential for story. Because that's the only way that that's going to get over. Wardlow, the big Brock Lesnar-looking motherfucker against little-ass Jungle Boy. If you don't tell a story with that, if you have these two motherfuckers going in and there's just wrestling and Jungle Boy is just going hold for hold with six foot four, damn near 300 pounds of pure muscle and badassery, then this none of this, you might as well wipe your ass with all eight of this shit. <laughs> Doesn't make any fucking sense. So there's stories, there's possibility here. But this would have been a way... Like, if you give me the roster right now in front of me, I can give you eight better names than what they got here. 
and you could have ended up with the same final. With the, I was going to say, with the same with the outcome, same outcome. Just more interesting. With the same outcome. If, for example, people are probably saying, AJ, what are you talking about? What could you possibly have done better? I'll tell you right now. I would Because you know, the whole point of Janela and Cole Cabana is to shine up Hangman Page and, and Kenny Omega. I can give you two bigger... I can give you two bigger, uh, two better names than the ones that they got here. Okay, I would have given, for instance, I would have given Hangman Page because this is all off the top of my head. I don't even have the roster in front of me, but I would have given Hangman Page Ricky Starks. I would have given him Ricky Starks. The, I don't, you're not familiar with him, I'm sure, but yeah. former NWA uh, television champion. This guy's been on the program for a while. He's with Team Taz with Brian Cage. This guy can talk his ass off, but here's the most important part, folks. He can. Bump his ass off. This guy can fucking, he can work. He's smaller than Paige, but he's also in shape. And he, Colt Cabana is an older gentleman. Still looks good. I'm not going to 